So actually, before we are live now, but before we were going live, he was asking if I was cool how to say um, his last name. My listeners and followers know that I'm pretty much never cool with saying people's last name, and I usually just ask them to say it. So, but um, I, I would let me guess. This will be a fun game. Sure. Um, I would say Fella Geller. Yeah, you got it, Fella Geller. Right? Yeah, wow. you got it. So I thought that was right. too. I thought that was too easy. I was like, it has to be something like. Yeah, fancy, but no, we're good. All right. Yeah. So I usually butcher people's names, and usually um, it's just how it goes, and people know that. But this is Maria Daniels here today, live with another episode of Successfully Chaotic. And I have my guest today, who I was getting to know a little bit before we went live, and I'm excited to get to know a little bit more because we have, well, I know we have one thing in common. Um, we're both special needs parent, which I always say um, that you know, when you become a special needs parent, you become a member of a club you never really thought that you would ever be a member of. It's not, it was not like a planned thing for me uh, or for anybody usually. So, um, you know, for me, it was a long journey. And I, you know, I know I have a lot of very close knit friends that have come from just the idea that we're all special needs parents because nobody understands the world of special needs like another special need parent. But I will stop talking for a moment and let John jump in and tell you a little bit about himself and what he does. Sure. Thanks so much, Maria. It is great to be here. Um, so I, I think I would start out by characterizing myself again as a special needs parent. I mean, at the end of the day, I think that's really what defines me. And we are a very unique and, and specific kind of a club. Uh, many people would say, you know, there's, you know, I don't know how you guys do it. There's no way that could be me. But the reality is, is that none of us signed up for this when we all of a sudden realized we were going to have kids. It was just something that presented itself. And as a parent, you just step up to the plate. So I would tell you that um, on the one hand, I define myself as that, as a special needs parent, going through all of the hills, the valleys, the highs, the lows that go with having a child, in my case, with autism, who's also nonverbal, which if you're not familiar, means that he literally doesn't have the oral motor functions for language. Uh, he does communicate, but you know, it's a variety of different things kind of all together. Um, after several years, and my son is 13 now, and I would tell you by the time around the time he got about 10, through a variety of different circumstances, I got involved in advocacy work. And I got involved with a variety of special needs organizations, nonprofits, et cetera, locally in the Chicago area where I'm at and also nationally. And I do a whole variety of things. I blog, I speak at conferences, I do podcasts, reviews, et cetera. Uh, I do roundtable discussions, you know, you, you name it. I also have a book in the works as well. Um, and as a matter of fact, I have a friend who's coming out with a book that I was actually included in also. So, so I do a little bit of everything on top of the fact that I am also a divorced special needs dad. So I'm also a single parent, which just adds icing to the cake, right? right? Um, so in my, in my day job, I'm actually uh, currently in a role as a special ed teacher. So I, I really live and breathe that I've been an educator most of my life, but I have worked with not just special needs kids, but also uh, adults as well a little bit. So, so a little bit of everything in my toolbox, I guess. So I do have a question that came to my mind as you were speaking. Were you already a special needs teacher when you, you know, had your son or was it something that came from just wanting to learn and know more? It's a pretty interesting journey. So I, I've actually been a, a school teacher, an elementary classroom teacher, but but with typical kids. So in, in a regular ed classroom, uh, believe it or not, this is my my first role these last couple of years as a special ed teacher. It's okay. just kind of how life led me. Well, yeah. But um, you know, I 
I did my advocacy work originally, just kind of one as an outreach, just wanting to not just give back, but but also as a way, you know, to kind of be filled up and saying to myself, okay, this has happened in my life, but I think I've learned a lot and I think I can give back a lot and help in some way, you know, what can I do? And to be perfectly honest with you, it really just started out in very small ways. Um, you know, having like a, a dad's meetup for, you know, some of the dads from my son's school, for example, where we try to meet once a month and just, you know, talk about each other's lives. Um, I've always wanted to be a writer, for example, and I actually explored writing a book years ago. And, and again, on the topic of being a special needs parent, but as it turns out, you know, my first worry in the writing was blogging, which I never saw myself as, but as it turns out, it's something that I picked up quickly and, and really has been just a wonderful, you know, gift for me in order, you know, again, as another way of giving back in the advocacy world. So, um, you know, it, it started out small um, and it's kind of blossomed. And I would say that the one thing that I am grateful for is the fact that once you're in a community of special needs parents, like a lot of the ones I've met, there really is this synergy between us. And a lot of the ones who, again, just start out as parents saying, look, we, we need to try to change this. We need to, you know, make sure that, that folks are getting the resources they need, the support they need, because it is such a lonely road for several reasons, I'm sure you understand. And so as much as you can give back and connect with other people who are doing that, you know, again, I've been so grateful to meet so many people who are doing things on a way higher level than me. But again, that's inspiring to me then as well. And again, I think we all bring a unique perspective to the table. Like I said, my foray is more in the special needs dads world, especially now again being divorced, because again, that that is a big niche. Unfortunately, in our community, we have a lot of divorced folks too. So, um, you know, I, I think we all bring to the table in terms of our own talents and what we can do, but there absolutely is a need to provide resources and support, especially for special needs parents who are in those early years of a diagnosis, those early years of life, they're the ones who actually tend to be the ones who are most vulnerable. Oh, absolutely. And I, I know early on, our life was turned upside down, as you can imagine. Uh, my son is verbal now. Now he wasn't, he said a few words here or there. He was very delayed. Um, he is verbal now. He's high, considered higher functioning now, but when he was first diagnosed, well, that was not the case. You know, lots of therapies, and you never know what these kids can do as they grow and change, and, you know, and that's why I try to tell parents who get, like, diagnosis at, like, three, four, I'm like, you don't, they don't really know. They can give you a good educated guess, but they don't really know, so you just kind of have to do the best you can and just wait and watch and see and be there for every step of the way, but it is, you mentioned that it, it could be a very lonely journey, and I think that's a great way of putting it because, you know, I know my husband and I, it's, you get alienated, not because people don't care and they don't want to help, but they don't know what to do. I mean, you stop getting invited to family functions and birthday parties, you know, we put ourselves, I'm a nutritionist, so I always tell people, well, you don't know what to do, you do it, you know, and I like sort of looking into just nutritionally how to help it. You know, and so, you know, it's got gluten and all the things that a lot of, you know, parents do. And, you know, so at that point in time, it's like, okay, well, not only if we invite him to the birthday party, can he not have gluten, but also he may be having a meltdown over here in 20 minutes because he's overstimulated. So it's like they, you stop getting invited, not because they don't love you and they don't want you there, but it's because they don't know how to help you be able to be there for your child. But it can be very lonely and isolating. Um, and I don't know did, did, if your son didn't sleep well, but our son has never slept well. Um, so sleeping, like people don't realize it was like newborn phase. Ha, I got newborn phase. <laughs> try, try, try autism. Thing. Like, you know, yeah. autism was like, he was, he needed like an hour of sleep and we were running on like fumes, you know, yeah. I don't know if that was your experience or not, but I love that you said that. 
Yeah, well, and, and I, I also, I'll piggyback a little bit on the fact that you're, you're a nutritionist because, again, you know, when, when you first kind of start out with this, and one of the things that you kind of, and, and there's maybe some different reasons for it or connections, but, you know, a lot of our kids on the autism spectrum suffer from GI issues, right? And again, maybe different theories, but the fact is my son still has severe GI issues and still has issues going to sleep because of that. Now, of course, he's 13 now, so adolescence throws a whole other monkey wrench into things, wow. but, you know, the fact is, is we've always had to try to support his gut health and and like you probably you know we've tried every magic formula snake potion out there which, which again in also the issue with our kids is that they're very particular with diet and in my kid's case he loves his fried food he loves his french fries his pizza his hot dogs and again it's that push and pull fight of okay do i just give him healthy food because he can't have it but if he doesn't eat the healthy food he's not gonna eat so what do we do right you know so Luckily, in my kid's case now, he's actually gotten curious about some different foods. He's wanting to eat salads, you know, experimenting with some different veggies. So we are getting some of that in there. But again, it's one of these things where, okay, yeah, right. It, it's not just, well, I'm having a hard time soothing my kid. And then, of course, you get good intention advice from people. Yeah. Have you tried a warm bath? Have you tried a little <laughs> lavender here? Like, yeah, we need to, like, pour, like, an entire vat of lavender on him. Yeah, yeah I'm going to, like, waving the sage lavender. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Yeah, wow. absolutely. So, um, so no. it, 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 ahead, it, yeah, yeah, I was just going to say it, it's absolutely a very unique challenge in terms of just, just the day-to-day -day stuff. And I mean, even like I said, when you brought up getting invited to family functions and things like that, you know, there, there's also a fair bit of anxiety also in terms on a behavioral level, because I know, you know, my son stims a lot, which if you don't know what stimming is, that's a repetitive activity that they do to kind of calm them and ground them and all that. And my kid is, is very active. Um, he's not a kid who's just going to sit in front of a TV. He's got to move all the time. So yeah. taking him to somebody's house is like, when we were married, my ex and I would always tag team. Okay, now you're going to watch him and I can go eat or I can go socialize. Yeah. Now, of course, if we're divorced, it's like, okay, well, if I get invited somewhere, you can hang out with me because I'll be hanging out with him kind of thing. Or I hope it's somewhere where you guys have got a big open space he can run or <laughs> in the wintertime, a big basement that he can climb or whatever, you know. So, you know, it, it's all of these little struggles about, okay, you know, yes, we'd love to interact with you, but we just have conditions because that's just who our kid is. So, Absolutely. And I think a, a lot of people, once they learn, they're accepting. But, you know, it is my son stems as well. My son likes to be beatbox and he also just dances nonstop, <laughs> nonstop, um, which you can imagine how well that went over. Um, he was in a private school and how well that went over in schools. I was constantly in there. I was like, oh, listen, this is stemming. Not all kids flap. You know, I think a lot of times with special needs, people that aren't experienced with special needs think that there's only, you know, they understand stimming if they've been exposed at all, but they think it's just the arm flaps, which a lot of kids do, but some kids do other things as well. And I think it's, I think it's just part of educating. And I love that you've kind of made this your advocacy, your journey, because I do think it is much needed. And I think that there's so many people out there that want to be understanding, but you can't understand something you've never experienced. Right. And, that, and that's the other thing, too, is that there, there are a lot of well-intentioned people, which, again, is great, whether it's family, friends, or anybody from the outside community who's not a special needs parent. But, you know, this is a very unique and special walk. And I will tell you that, you know, it, it, the folks that I have met over these last few years, 
almost all of them, with, with the exception of one, and, and, and the one exception is, is a pretty cool guy, but uh, you know, most of them are, are people who just started out as parents saying, look, we, we've got to do something, we've got to give back somehow. Because again, what you go through those first few years, the isolation, the uncertainty, the anxiety, it's, it's really tough. And you know, one of the things that's interesting to me is that when I meet new parents, however, whether it's, you know, in person or online or whatever, you know, virtual world, um, you know, how often they say, wow, I didn't know this existed, or I didn't know you did this, or you were a part of this, because it's it's really as many resources as there are out there, and there's actually really good resources. It's yeah. hard to like find them all kind of coalesced, you know, whereas I think with with, with other, say, you know, and just don't be careful with the language, but, you know, with, with other diseases or let's say other conditions maybe that you, you deal with health-wise, you know, there, there's large pools of stuff that are established. This is still really kind of a growing thing. You know, this this world, you know, we're still trying to figure out what, what this even is at all, quite honestly, because, again, it shows up with every kid differently. And so, and, and every kid has a slightly different version of it as well as the fact that, um, you know, you usually see, for example, with autism spectrum disorder, again, it's called a spectrum because you can have kids that are very high functioning and just have a little issue with the way, you know, they wear their clothes to kids who just, you know, can't sit still in a room at all, you know, and, you know, and then how do you relate to that, right, you know? No, absolutely. And Del Fetters, is a, he's actually a friend of mine. He has a special needs son, and he said very few really understand. And when they become adults, the issues don't go away. And I think that's another thing that a lot of people who, again, aren't on this special needs journey, they don't realize with atypical, atypical kids, you know, you have, you know, they become adults, and then they're pretty self-sufficient. And, you know, that it can be a challenge in the special needs world because there's not that end date. There's not that 18 or let's laugh. That's not really 18. Let's really say like probably 25 with atypical kids anyway, but there's not that end date. Right. And I know my husband and I, that is one of our, the things that actually kind of keep us up. It's like, okay, well, what if something happened to both of us? You know, what if like, who's there? Who's, you know, and I think those are some things that a lot of, you know, parents with special needs children these are the things that keep us up at night that a lot of other people don't realize because you know it is a hard journey it's a hard journey when they're your children that you love you know more than anything there's still those days where you're like why <laughs> you know yeah. just why and those are some very real feelings and you know i've had some very hard dark days and I think a lot of special needs parents, you know, have been there as well. And I think it's important to have those community of other parents that are in that on that same journey to talk to, because, you know, if, if you're talking to somebody that hasn't been on that journey, there there's no way for them to really understand. So I, you know, so do you have other children or is it just your one son? I, I, I just have the one, uh, you know, we, we originally intended on having more, but when we realized what we were facing, we kind of said, yeah. we might be good. And, and also to, to your point about that, about that fear of the future, you know, that is something that a lot of folks really can't wrap their heads around because when you have kids, what do you really plan for? You plan for, you know, elementary school, high school, college, you know, maybe a wedding, depending on, you know, where, you know, what, how far your, your focus goes. But in our case, we literally have to plan for the rest of their lives because someday, and again, this is, you know, unfortunately, this is the dark place we sometimes go to. There will be a day when mom, dad, brother, sister, whoever, all these people might literally be dead and your special needs child might still be around. Who's taking care of them? 
you know, and, and in, in a lot of cases where there's siblings involved, usually there's some kind of an agreement there, at least in my experience. But like in my son's case, you know, we have to look to people in our community. We have to look to a close family for have to look to okay at some point he is probably going to be in a group home setting of some kind and again you know you have to start thinking about these things now at 5 10 15 whatever because this is when you have to look at the financial considerations and and everything else and also get you know all the legal things taken care of you know which again is so out of the 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 norm for the average person raising typical kids but again this is where you go to and i and i will tell you and i actually wrote about this in a, in a blog once you know, probably my biggest fear is, you know, yes, it's the it's the caretaking side of things. It's okay. Will he have? Where's he going to live? You know, where's he? You know, how's he going to eat? That that type of thing. But it's also to think about it. If all of the people that he cares about that he's known his whole life all of a sudden one day are gone, regardless of how old he is, who's going to be there to just give him a hug? Who's going to be there to tell him happy birthday? Who's going to be there to wish him, you know, Merry Christmas or whatever holiday you celebrate? You know, who's going to be there for those familial things that, you know, when when you're young and in a family, hey, everybody's together doing this. Well, now he's 50, 60, 70. Mom and dad are either, you know, too old to be involved or physically not there. Who is, right? Absolutely. And I think I think it's important to talk about those things because I think it brings to the forefront some of the struggles there's a lot of struggles that a lot of special needs parents um, can go through and also why there is such a need for these advocacy programs and these nonprofits and all these things that are out there why those are in existence because let's face it i, I do have other children Cade, which is my child with autism he's number five i have seven but he's number five and you think you have that parenting thing down pat when you have already four other children and then boom you know life throws a curveball and you're like oh okay well i don't really know what I'm doing after all. But, you know, all in all, I do want to kind of flip it a little bit because I don't want people that are listening or maybe watch right now but listening later to think that it's just a negative journey. Because I can tell you from my experience, I'm sure you can say the same thing, my son has made me a better person. And I know that sounds cliche and just way out there, but I am a better person because of him. I understand so much more about just experiencing life because of him. And I don't know that I would have if I hadn't had him. Yeah, and, and thanks for bringing that. that. That is a great point because what I what I reflect on is the fact that, um, you know, in, in terms of my advocacy work, but even in terms of just friends I've made, just legitimate friends that are in my community or close by, whatever, there are so many people, so many families I never would have met. I never would have known. And again, the amazing things that they're doing, and, and it, it comes in small and big ways, but just the, the friendships and relationships and just the amazing things that I can be a part of, you know, I could certainly look at that from an ego place and talk about, wow, you know, I got to, you know, be at a thing with so-and-so or whatever it is. But at the same time, it's also the fact that you've developed life friendships with people who will understand you in a way no one else will. And, and that's truly amazing. And so that is really the blessing for me to say, wow, I at most of the people I know are, are either special needs parents or involved in special needs in some way. I've got friends who just have regular little typical yeah. kids too, but you know, it's like so many of them are connected to something, you know, and I'm like, wow, you know, like it's, it is a blessing. And it's also the fact that, you know, as I also try to remind people to, 
and I especially say this to dads, right? Because, you know, as I'm sure you've known plenty of special needs dads and, and you know, in terms of your own experience, you know, men and women process differently. And, and a lot of times for men, especially with sons, they have a hard time because, you know, what do most guys want to do? They want to go throw the football around. They want to shoot the basketball. Oh, my kid's going to play soccer. My kid's going to play travel baseball, whatever. And it doesn't always have to be sports, but, you know, my, my son is going to do this. And as it turns out, my son has autism or a disability. My son's not doing most or any of that. And maybe they're doing some like buddy baseball or those type of things, but it doesn't look the way I thought it was. And what I always remind guys in those situations of and dads is that that's still your child. It's still your son. It might look different, but it doesn't mean that you can't interact with them and have a great relationship. Like my kid loves sports. Like whenever I put, you know, on like, you know, football or basketball, especially, he's just drawn to it. He'll watch it. And then of course, like he likes when we'll like throw the football around a little bit in a, at our old house when I was still married, we had a basketball hoop in the driveway. Okay, he didn't really have the motor coordination to shoot the hoops necessarily, but you know what? He loved watching me doing it. He was really excited, you know, in terms of when I would shoot it and then hand it to him. And even if he just threw it wherever, so what? You know, it's like yeah. we were still interacting. There was still value to that moment. So don't forget that your your child may have XYZ disability or on the spectrum or whatever. But guess what? Your child's still here. They're not dead. They are still here with you and you can still have a meaningful relationship with them, whatever it looks like. Absolutely. And I love that you brought that up. Obviously, I'm not a dad. I'm a mom. So but I do love that you brought that up because I do think that a lot of men do connect in such a way. That's how they connect with their children and, and, and with sons primarily, but also with daughters, because I'm thinking of my husband, even with our daughter, it's that very much that all oh, that certain way of connecting. And I think it can be a challenge at the very beginning to realize that you know, you do have to go through that connecting to be in a different way. And I think, again, tracing it back to a lot of, you know, groups, whether it's a Facebook group or some other type of group that you're involved in, like with anything, find your like-minded people, find people out there that get it, that can say, okay, I've been there and here's what I did with my child whenever they didn't, you know, want to throw the football or, you know, whatever the case may be. So do you, do you have groups that you invite people into? How does that work? Yeah, I have a lot of groups. Yes, yeah, so I'll try Figures to. Figures you did. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to laser focus as much as possible. So, so I, I think it goes from from the micro to the macro, as you would say, I guess. So, mm -hmm. um, locally in my community in the Chicago area, I have a special needs dads group that meets up, and we do have a Facebook group for that. It's it's pretty small. You know, I would say that in the Facebook group itself, we have probably less than fifty dads, and out of those fifty dads, when we've either done a live meetup, which was in at like a local sports bar in our community, they would have like a little party room that they would let us use kind of a thing to meet um and then of course COVID hit so we switched to zoom and now we're hopefully going to try to go back live or whatever but um it, you know that that was still a pretty small group i would say you know we get maybe 10 guys the most out because again hard to motivate men and dads to do these things well, but that makes it close-knit too though there's positive true. true absolutely and and definitely some good relationships that have come out of that no question um but then on a larger scale and this is something that i really want to really promote to everybody in your listening audience because i think it's that awesome so i mentioned that um briefly that there was one guy that i knew who was not a special needs parent but is really given his name is david David is a local businessman in the chicago area 
his passion, his outreach has always been with dads in general. Um, he actually started something called the Illinois Fatherhood Initiative, which basically supported like absentee fathers and trying to, you know, build bridges and mend those fences type of thing. But a few years ago, he realized the need for support for special needs dads. So he actually created uh, an arm of his organization just for special needs dads called the Special Fathers Network. And this is an organization that I've been involved with. Uh, pretty close to when it got off the ground, and I've been uh, pretty closely involved with these last few years. And it doesn't, you know, again, we're based in Chicago, but we have a global reach. We have a, a few things that you're going to want to know about. One is we do have a series of podcasts, and David does the interviews. Now, I, I, I want to just say this, and again, this is one of these just really cool things about kind of being in this world that I didn't expect is David Hirsch is one of those guys who you drop a name and he just like knows so it doesn't matter if they're like in the Chicago area, we have like some local celebrities. He just, he knows, them. you know, yeah. he, he, he said, well, I can call this guy or call that guy. So some of these celebrities, like if you, if definitely if you're in the Chicago area, but even if you're not, there's some guys who are from Chicago that actually have like a, a, you know, appeal kind of thing. Like you would know the name. So there's a whole series of podcasts. I'm on there. There's a whole bunch of other, you know, kind of regular dads and they all run the gamut on the podcast, but there's also a mentorship program. And the mentorship program is very cool because if you are one of those dads, your child is very young, it's a new diagnosis, you don't have anyone to talk to, there's nobody in your community, the family doesn't get it, you can be connected with a mentor, doesn't matter if it's the next state over, or the, you know, the other coast or whatever, you can be connected with a mentor father, um, you know, over Skype, phone, Zoom, whatever, and you have someone to literally talk to. It's a wonderful program. It's it's all you know part of the outreach of this organization. And if you go to their website, you can actually you can sign up to be a mentor or a mentee. So if you need mentorship, if you want someone to talk to, you can sign up for that there as well. On top of the fact that one of the things we started um, easily over a year ago was we started a series of YouTube presentations. So kind of like roundtable discussions yeah. on a whole variety of issues dealing with special needs. So you name it, we talk about it. And then David brings in the experts. And I will tell you folks, like, I don't claim to be an expert. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dad like anybody else. I, I maybe know a few things, but he, when I say experts, he brings in experts, like people who know their stuff, depending on the topic, whether they're authors, whether they've started their own nonprofits, you know, whether they're researchers, psychologists, you name it, he brings them in. Um, and then we do like a round table. And so some of it is just regular guys such as myself and you know, a couple of the experts. And then you, you just kind of talk it out. So you can actually go onto the YouTube channel for Special Fathers Network and you can, you know, just find one that you like, plug it on. You know, I'm in several of them. Uh, we, we do a yearly conference for that group as well. Um, it's been virtual the last two years. So um, I, I know that some of the videos from that conference are actually up on there too, not everything. Um, you know, but look forward to in the spring. You know, again, I, I think we'll probably be virtual again next year as well. So it's easily something to plug into. That sounds amazing. Now, I know you have another conference or summit coming up very soon. Now, what is that? Yeah, so I, I do work with a couple of other organizations around the country. Uh, one that's coming up is with an organization called SOAR, S-O-A-R. They're based out of the Kansas City metro area, uh, technically in Overland Park, Kansas. And, and that's a great organization run by a man named Stephen Doc Huntsley, who's a, a pastor, who's actually also a former pediatrician himself, and actually has a, an incredible story about his own special needs child who has since passed. So um, you know, very interesting story to, to hear if you can. But um, his organization basically has put on this conference now for the last few years. I used to go live, which 
it was going to be live this year, and now they switch back to virtual because of COVID considerations. I was really looking forward to some good Kansas City barbecue because, man, they can do it up. But yeah. uh, what are you going to do? We'll wait for next year. But, uh, yeah, so I will be part of that virtual conference. That's at the end of October. You can go to uh, – the name of the conference is Wonderfully Made, and it's under SOAR, S-O-A-R. So just go to Wonderfully Made. Uh, kc.com and you can sign up for that and you know i'm on there. i'm actually doing a presentation on employment for young adults because i actually did work with young adults for a time so i do a presentation on that um and uh no he was saying that it was sore i do want you to go and check out it's john and you can find out all about all the things that he has going on and I get, I'm assuming a lot of his uh, conferences and stuff will be on there. If not, we'll try to find the info and get it out to you all. And it was toward the end of our show anyway, so I'm going to go ahead and pull him off. But we will be back again next, we'll see, next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time for another episode. And thanks so much, and see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.